0: Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. This morning I want to talk to you about something that is a real mystery. We know as you read through your Bibles, you'll come across to some passages and some topics and doctrines of Scripture that remain a lot of it remains a mystery. And a lot, of, a lot of, as an example, the doctrine of the end times, how will it all unfold? Will it be a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? There's lots of mysteries that aren't 100% clear in the Bible, so we trust the Lord and we ask the Holy Spirit to give us insight in what the Word of God says. And so this morning I want to talk to you about a mystery that when I tell you what it is, a lot of you, if not most of you, will think it's really not a mystery, but if you think about it. This really is a mystery. It's a mysterious truth that we have access to. And we've already partook of this mystery this morning. Some of you have probably were a part of this mystery all week long, every day. This is a mystery that I first and foremost learned from both of my parents. As a kid, they, they, they would drive this mysterious truth of the Bible into us as kids. I'm trying to prolong this to see how long I can make this mysterious But very simply, what I want to preach to you about this morning is prayer. We're gonna look at prayer. Now, if you have not read the devotional this morning, it was my lovely wife. She wrote a devotional this morning, and it was extremely powerful. Simple, powerful truth. And there's a Bible verse that she ends in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. And I'm gonna ask this morning, you can try to follow along. I have a lot of scripture this morning. So But there's a scripture that really ministered to me this week in my wife's devotional, and it was in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, and it says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And God reminded me this week, and I told this to my wife just yesterday, of of the simple power that is available to me and you today of prayer. That the God of all creation who spoke everything into existence, that that same God has given you and I an ability this morning to talk to him. That's when you think about, when you step back, from our years of church going, from our years of prayer meeting going, from our years of reading the Bible, and we step back as a new Christian, a new believer, looking at that, that we can actually talk and communicate and have dialogue with the Lord. That's amazing. And how we can take that for granted so often, starting with me, where it becomes just a routine. Oh, God, I thank you. There's so much more available to us in prayer, is there not? And so the first thing I want to look to with the scripture we just read is it says pray in the spirit on all occasions. What does that mean? There would be numerous opinions of what praying in the spirit would look like. That being one of them, but many Christians would have all sorts of different opinions and most of them if not all of them would probably be somewhat correct. I read a commentary and this is this is I'm in agreement with what this commentary wrote about this passage here, about what it means to pray in the Spirit. And it says this. It means to pray with the heart, soul, and spirit engaged in prayer. It is put up with a true heart and a right spirit without hypocrisy in a spiritual way and with fervency and under the influence and by the assistance of the Spirit of God. That's what praying in the Spirit is. It's Everything about you is into it, and it's all in childlike faith, and you're saying, Lord, lead me through my time of prayer. What do you want me to pray about? Who do you want me to pray for? Holy Spirit, I yield to you in these 5, 10, 15 minutes of my day. What do you want me to pray about? And he will assist you. He will guide you. That is what praying in the Spirit is. We find in Luke chapter 18 of what this is and what this isn't. In Luke chapter 18, verses 10 through 14, Jesus says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week and I give one-tenth of all that I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance and he wouldn't even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, that this man, rather than the other, went home justified or made right before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves would be exalted. Do you think the Holy Spirit... Would guide you in your time of prayer to exalt yourself better than other Christians? The answer is no. But the Holy Spirit would bring you to a place of humility and reverence before a holy God. Like he did the tax collector. Amen? That man was being led in the Holy Spirit. The tax collector is an example of what it means to, be, to pray in the Holy Spirit. To be led by the Holy Spirit. The Pharisee is a good example of someone who's more spiritual than everybody else. Someone who wants to be the loudest at prayer meeting. Look at me. Look at me. And Jesus talks in other passages that that's their reward. They want to be looked at as some spiritual person. They'll get nothing more than people that say, wow, look how spiritual they are. That's not praying in the Holy Spirit on all occasions at all. The Lord does does not care for you and I this morning about how spiritual we look. He's not concerned about how spiritual you sound, how you pray. He's not concerned about the words you speak and how fancy and eloquent you are at prayer time. He could care less. Jesus talks about the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 15, verses 8. Jesus says this about religious Pharisees and religious Pharisee leaders within the temple back then. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That tells us this morning that all, when, when we're praying, we need to make sure that we are praying from our heart. We're not praying to be noticed. We're not praying to sound right or sound good, or it's my turn because the room was silent. Don't. Jesus says, these, these men, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me because they weren't praying in the Holy Spirit. It's important in times of prayer Let the Lord lead you. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. He lives inside of you. Just yield to him. If it means waiting on him for 10 minutes of your 15-minute prayer time, do it. If it means you wait and you find one person that he speaks to your heart to pray about, do it. Be led by the Holy Spirit in prayer. Amen? And then that scripture talks about how pray with all kinds of prayer. You and I all know, we all know that even in this group together this morning, if we all took a, a, a minute to pray, it would all sound different. Some would be louder, some would be quieter, some would be different in many different ways. There's all kinds of prayers. And the Bible says, pray in all kinds of prayers. Some prayers are loud prayers. Some prayers can be quiet prayers. Some prayers can be no words at all, complete silent, but they're praying and reaching heaven, and God is hearing and answering, and there's not one word being spoken from that Christian. That's, right. That's awesome, because as we just talked about, he's not concerned about the lips. He's concerned about our heart. And so we find an example of this in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. This is a story of Hannah in the Old Testament. And Hannah was being mocked and made fun of from, I think her name was Penina, because she doesn't have uh, any children, and Penina was just popping them out left and right, it seemed. But Hannah wanted a son. And so she prays. And listen to what this prayer says. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 12 through 16. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli, the priest, observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine." No, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring my soul out to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. What a perfect example of a Christian crying out to God without saying a word. And God hears every single word, every single prayer from hannah amen the psalmist says in, in verse in chapter 139 verse 2 that you know my thoughts from afar off and then he says in verse 4 that before a word is on my tongue you lord know it completely how awesome is that every weight every burden every concern right now that you have god already already hears it and already knows it how encouraging is that for me this morning to know that every desire, every weight, every struggle, every burden that this man carries, God knows everything about it. And he hears it from my heart. Is that not awesome? Silent prayers. There's times of prayer all by yourself. This is, in my opinion, the most effective time of prayer. Alone time with the Lord, also known as the prayer closet. We've all heard that term, right? Well, it comes from scripture. And when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 6, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. See, there's the mystery. Jesus says, go into your room all alone. Shut the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. There's the mystery right there. We don't see God. We don't see Jesus. But here we are singing about him and worshiping him and drumming for him and praying to him and declaring his word that we do not see, but we know because the Holy Spirit has made Christ alive inside of us. But Jesus says, when you pray Don't be like those religious guys who want the spotlight. Go alone where nobody can see you and pray to the God that nobody can see. That's the mystery of prayer that we learn from Jesus himself. And then he says, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That is awesome. Jesus will reward you as you pray to him in secret. Amen? Another truth of prayer is corporate prayer. Wednesday night prayer meeting. I remember we used to have prayer meetings at our home, and we'd all squeeze into our little home. It was awesome. Who was there? Show me your hand if you were there. You squeezed in like a can of sardines, and it was wonderful. And we had one bathroom there as well. It was very much like this. (laughs) That brought us close together, like really close together. But corporate prayer. There's power in corporate prayer. There's times where there's prayers with tears, mixed with tears. We read that through the the Psalms numerous times. Scripture that talks of, I I, I drench my my pillow with my tears. Scripture that talks about how you bottle up my tears, Lord. Have you ever had tears with your prayers? I'm sure we all have, because you're pouring your heart out to God. There's times there's prayers with joy and rejoicing and jumping. There's all sorts of different prayers. There's personal prayer for your own personal needs. We've all been there before. God, I'm in need of this. Nobody else around. You're all alone and you're just crying out to God. And you're just pouring out your whole being to him, praying in the Holy Spirit. And you're saying, God, here are my needs. This weight, this burden that's so heavy on my shoulders, Lord, here I am. Your word says, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all of your cares upon me because you care for me. Your word says that you would supply all of my needs, Lord. So God, here I am declaring truth and I'm crying out to you, Lord. And I'm having a time of prayer for personal needs. And then there's times where you just are, are in a time of interceding for other people. Those times where somebody, a family member or a, or a school friend or a, or, a, or a co-worker or someone that is heavy on your heart. We've all been there before. And it's just, you're burdened with that individual in mind and you begin to intercede, not for yourself. You in those moments, by God's grace, you set aside all of your needs and you begin to lift up a brother or a sister's needs. That's a powerful time of prayer that honors the Lord. Lifting up a brother or sister in prayer. I remember a week or two ago, I had a brother in the Lord text me out of nowhere on a morning that I needed prayer badly. I was at war in my spirit. I really was. And I had a brother text me saying, I'm praying for you. And I cannot tell you that the rest of that day, I I felt the effects of that prayer. I did. It's awesome. Because he was lifting me up in prayer before the Lord, interceding on behalf of of matthew noel there's times where prayer could be long and extended amen hours maybe might go by and you're just crying out and spending time with god i've been there before in my kitchen in the dark before anyone's awake and it just seems like next thing you know an hour and a half's gone by and the sun's shining in my window and you just been had this time of intimacy with the lord in prayer then there's times where it's like bullet bullet prayers lord here i am Pew, phew. Oh, god help me but just short, quick prayers, amen? The perfect example of a a short yet powerful prayer is by the Apostle Peter himself. We know in Scripture when he's on the water, remember the Lord, Jesus is you. Yes, it's me, come. Okay, I'm coming. And he's on the water. And then the Bible says that he looked, he took his eyes off of Jesus and he looked at the circumstances and the waves around him, the storm. And he began what? He began to sink, right? And he prays a simple prayer, three words, Lord, save me. Is that a prayer? Was it effective? Yeah, why? Because Jesus immediately reached his hand down and saved them. So there's long prayers and there's short prayers and both are just as powerful. There was a time in my life I felt I had to pray for such a long time if I wanted to have any impact. And it began to become like almost like a, a legal part in me. I had to do it or else I wasn't a good enough pastor or Christian or leader of my family. But Jesus also wants you to sleep a little bit, too. Get some rest in your body so you can be effective. But I've learned over the years, times of long prayer with God are beautiful. And times of quick prayer, oh, God, here I am. Thank you that you're with me, are wonderful. Amen? But all kinds of prayers. We're to pray these all kinds of prayers. There's prayers in English. There can be prayers in a gift of tongues that the Lord gives Christians. There can be also prayers and groans, tongues and groans. This is kind of the weird prayers. It is, naturally speaking. These are the more supernatural types of prayers, tongues and groans, and they're both biblical. So what are we going to do about it? Some Christians like to put them aside and say they're too weird. And it's unfortunate because some Christians and ministries have made them weird and have glorified tongues and miracles and, and groans and whatever, More than just, let's just pray to Jesus. We need to understand that when we meet together in the corporate church, we're here for one another. The way that I act has to edify my brother and my sister. If I distract anybody because of the way that I'm worshiping or acting, it can be a stumbling block. Do you know that? We have to be sensitive in the house of God that we are presenting ourselves before the Lord rightly and that we are going to be a blessing to the body around us. Not a confusing distraction. We need to listen to that. We need to take that seriously. And so there are prayers of tongues. And there are prayers of groan, gro, uh, groans. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. Paul talks about tongues. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks. Listen. Speaks not to man but to God. For no one understands him. but he. For he utters mysteries in the spirit. So when... A Christian who has the gift of tongues is, spraying, is excuse me, praying, spraying, praying in the gift of tongues. Nobody understands them what they're saying around them because the Bible tells us here, for those who speak in a tongue speak not to men, but they speak to God. That's a that's a prayer language that is right from that believer's mouth in in a heavenly utterance of, of a tongue of a, a different language, and and only God understands what he's saying. That's and, and, and then Paul says, he utters mysteries in the spirit. And so in the natural, it can sound strange. But there's a proper way to pray in a tongue, the Bible tells us. Because only God understands it. And then 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4 says, the one who speaks in a tongue, listen, builds up himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. And it goes on to talk about Paul saying prophecy is better than tongues within the church because prophecy builds up. See, there it, it's all, you see it all the way through the scripture in the New Testament how the church were to build one another up with our gifts. That's why the Holy Spirit gives them to whom he pleases, the Bible teaches. But it says here, so listen to that. Speaking in tongues builds up himself. This is, in my opinion of the scripture, this is a picture of an intimacy when you're in the prayer closet with God and you are pouring your heart out in your prayer language that the Lord has gifted you with, this is, your, this is an intimate time where you are speaking directly to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit is speaking through to you, and the Holy Spirit in return, God, is going to build you up spiritually. I've heard ministers test, testify um, about their time alone speaking and praying in a tongue, alone with the Lord. Nobody else around. they're praying in their in their tongue language. And they said, I don't even fully understand it, but I know every time I do it, I feel myself being built up in, in my spirit. It's a mystery, is it not? But it's a prayer. This is an intimate kind of prayer, along with all the others that we've just looked at. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but... The Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Well, That's kind of weird. I've been there before. I've had times in my life where I'm so weighed down or so at war in the spiritual war that Ephesians 6 talks about, like in my wife's devotion this morning, where I literally am on my knees in my kitchen floor, and all I can, all I can do is, is begin to groan. Why would I do that in my own flesh? Am I trying to impress Cindy who's sleeping upstairs? I hope she hears my spiritual groan. Like, if anything, it's going to tick her off. It's going to say, would you, would you stop? I'm trying to sleep up here. It would probably scare my kids. Jalen, what's, listen. There's a beluga whale on our kitchen floor, Jalen. But I'm just being honest. It's an intimate Spiritual prayer that, again, much like tongues, only the Holy Spirit knows what you're saying. It's a cry from deep within, deep within. Your words, you have no words for it. The Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Moving on, prayer also in in our Christian life becomes a part of us. It becomes much like breathing. We have to do it. Are you there this morning in your walk with Jesus? I wasn't always there. And this comes with maturity. This comes with growth. This comes with time. It does. The, more you, the longer you serve the Lord, you know, we need to be growing. We can't stay in one idle place as a believer. we got to be growing. we got to say, Lord, give me more spiritual meat. Give me more. And, and, and it's, a, it's called the process of sanctification, and we're growing and God is teaching us stuff, and we're getting closer to him. And the more that we get closer to him, much like breathing, we need prayer. We need time with God. We need that intimate intimacy. We need that communion with the Lord. And I know for me, I, I have to have it every morning. I have to. If I don't, I, I, my day just, I don't feel right. And so there is, when it comes to prayer, church, there, there is a sacrifice element. There is. And, and that's a huge one I learned from mom and dad growing up as a kid. The sacrifice of prayer. You know, instead of going out and just having leisure, you're, you're spending time in prayer. Or instead of staying up so late, you go to bed a little earlier so that you can get up intentionally the next morning. There's a sacrifice part of it. It's not, it's, this is not being legalistic. This is saying, Lord, you're everything to me. I'm going to do what I need to do so I can spend my time with you. And nobody said it was easy. It's a sacrifice. But it's so valuable and it's so important and it becomes a part of us. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5:17, three words again, pray without ceasing. The New Living Translation says, never stop praying. That's awesome. And it's possible. You can you can pray when Penny you're driving your school bus. I'm I'm guarantee I know you're praying on that school bus. No question when you're driving to work, when you're in the shower, when you're getting ready, when you're cooking supper, when you can be praying all of the time. You can and I can pray without ceasing, with words or without words. But God tells us, never stop praying. Always keep communion with God. Always talk to him. Always listen to him. Amen? We remember what... We read at the very beginning in Ephesians 6, verse 18, it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. In other words, all of the time, all of the time. There's never a time that we cannot be praying. It's it's available to us always, always. There's been numerous times throughout 16 years of marriage where my wife and I had to discuss some things. Matt, sit down. We need to discuss some things. Oh, man. I tell you what. I learned in that moment, oh, Lord, here I am. Please help me and give me grace. <laughs> okay, Hein, what's up? You, be, you believe it. I'm praying there. <laughs> Bullet prayers. <laughs> Lord, please help me. We need to talk. But my wife and I have come to a place, and we're still coming to a place, where we have learned when the enemy tries to stir some things up in our household or in our marriage or in our ministry or in our attitudes, or on the job or whatever, he, he, he likes to bring up the same old things. You've been there before? He thinks he's all clever and smart, but he's really dumb and stupid because he brings up the same old things. But listen, a downfall that Christians can find themselves in is where we just rehash the same old thing again. And there's a time for that. My wife and I are learning how valuable and important open communication between a husband and wife are. Cindy, you know... All while the husband, you got to be strong and be that leader and that example. But you also got to learn to be very humble and open with your wife and your children. Be, there has to be that. And we've learned this. And we're, believe me, we're learning it. We're in the process. And but, so we've learned new that, okay, no, no we're not going to talk about this same old thing again that the enemy is trying to stir up. We're just going to pray about it. Right? And so we just, we just simply take five minutes and say, okay, God, here we are again, Lord, and we lift this before you. And then we move on with our evening or our morning or whatever. Just give it to the Lord. Moving on, in prayer, we know our words are not just hitting the ceiling. God hears us. He hears us. The psalmist wrote in 116 verses 1 through 2, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. He says, I love the Lord. Why? Because he turned his ear to me. Jesus turns his ear when you pray. And he's so big that millions of people can be praying at the same time. And he has one ear. Jesus has two ears, sorry. And he can turn his ear and hear every single prayer from every million people praying. A mystery. It's a mystery. But it's true. Speaking of which, there's times when Cindy says, I need to talk and she's talking to me about something and there's times where then she'll question me a few moments later about what we just talked about and I wasn't listening full out. And the proof is in my answer. Oh, what? Sorry, what? Huh? Right, typical man, right? Okay, husband, are you listening to me? Look at my eyes. Do I need to write it down here? We're having chicken for dinner tonight. Don't eat on your last break. You will be full. Okay, babe, love you. See ya. We will never have that problem with the Lord. He will always be, listen, he will always, no matter how you feel, no matter what you've just done or what you're going through, he will always be completely engaged upon you. And he will pick up every single word that you are praying. He won't miss anything a beat. Never, never will he miss a beat. He's always paying full attention to you. Always. If I just said that one line this morning, that would be enough. That God is always turning his ear to you. Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he turned his ear to me and he heard my prayer. He heard my cry. That would be enough for your day and for your week to know, man, The God I serve is listening to me when I pray. Every single word. Amen? God doesn't only hear us, but then he begins to what? Answer us. That's awesome. It doesn't just stop with him listening. He begins to answer prayer. Jeremiah 33.3 in the Old Testament says, Call to me, and I'll answer you. And I'll tell you great and hidden things that you do not know. But you got to call to me. 1 John 5, verse 14 through 15. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Now, there are some very important words in that scripture, and they are the words, according to his will. It's not just name it and claim it. It's not. Some preachers will say, you can just name it and claim it and it's yours. It has to be God's will for you and for me. God will never permit anything in your life that is not his will. And our prayer should be, Lord, I desire this. Tell him everything. Tell him everything. But throw in at the end of your prayer, Lord, according to your will. Your will, not my will. We learn this straight from Jesus himself when he was about to die on the cross. And he's in sorrow. And he's, he's so stressed out. he's sweating drops of blood and jesus says to to the father if there's any other way for this to happen that'd be great but he said but nevertheless not my will be done but your will be done we've learned that from jesus through the scripture when he when he ministered for three and a half years he says i only do what i see the father doing he was fully surrendered to the will of god and we learn it in his own prayer time not my will be done lord Your will be done. And that's what we need to remember. We can't just name it and say, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Glory to God. It's not some magic formula. Listen, Jesus' name is not some magical name. Do you understand that? You can't just say, in Jesus' name, as if it's some magic name. It is by faith. It's the cry of our heart. It is, Lord, please, I'm coming to you in the name of of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who I trust fully. And I'm saying, please, Lord, have your way. Do what you want to do. I'm requesting this. I'm desiring this. Lord, I'm wanting this. I'm needing this according to your will for me. We're going to wrap up shortly here. But prayer and temptation are very much connected as well. Prayer and temptation. And listen, the tactic, the tactic of the enemy for Christians is to, oh, this brother, or this sister is a Christian, they're loving Jesus. Satan's like, I hate that, I hate them, I hate Jesus, I don't want them to worship Jesus, I want to try to distract them. I want to try to discourage them. I want to try to deceive them. And he tries to trip us up, and he comes in, and he puts before you a chocolate bar when you're on a diet. But he knows he knows what will tempt you. He knows what will tempt me. There's things that will tempt you that I could care less about. There's things that would tempt me that you could care less about. But Satan knows, and he's smart, kind of, to a point, And he, and he tries to tempt... Christians, and we learn in Scripture that prayer, our time of prayer with the Lord, and temptation to sin against the Lord are connected. And we, we find this, again, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember, Jesus goes there with, with his, uh, a few of his disciples, and he says to them, please, sit, watch with me, pray, sit. And he wanted them to be with him. He was in sorrow. And, and we find here in Luke 22, verse 40, when he came to that place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Pray so that you don't enter into temptation. Temptation is like a door. It's an unlocked door, but it's shut. And that unlocked door that's shut in front of you has a glass window on it. This is what temptation's like. And because if, if it didn't have a window, you wouldn't be tempted of what's behind the door because you wouldn't know what's behind the door. Unless you're tempted by roast beef and you smelt roast beef behind there and you're like, I know, I got to go. There's roast beef back there. But there's a window there because you can see right before you, if I just open this unlocked door, I can have what's placed before me. And so Jesus told his disciples, and he tells us today the same thing. Make sure you're in prayer. Make sure your life has intimacy with the Lord in times of prayer so that you don't enter into temptation. It doesn't say so that you won't be tempted. You will be tempted. I will be tempted to do things that are sinful and wrong. It's just part of how it's, it's going to be that way until we are in heaven. So we got to be prayed up. Lord, lead me not into temptation. Lord, give me strength. Greater is he within me than he that is in this world trying to tempt me in my flesh. The Bible talks about if we walk in the Spirit, much like praying in the Spirit, if we just let the Lord lead us in our lives, we will not fulfill the lusts of our flesh. We won't open up that door. And Jesus says, pray so you don't enter into temptation. Temptation's not the sin, but it, it, it's wanting to, it's a, it's a lure with a big fat worm wanting to bite it. And then the sin's committed once you bite that. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you, speaking to Christians, that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure. it. Praise God. Pray that you don't enter into temptation. Prayer and temptation go hand in hand. Also, prayers for others is powerful and it's necessary. As I told you about my brother who prayed for me last week, it was so needed. It was so needed. And it, there's so much power in there. Ephesians 1, verse 16, Paul writes, I don't cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. And then again, in Ephesians six eighteen, like we started off with, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Let me just say this. When you pray for Pastor Mike and Julie me and Cindy and the leadership of the church, when you pray for other people in the church, you have no idea the, the, the effect that that has, like in a positive way. And you have no idea how needed it is, how desperately needed it is for all of us. Show me your hand if you need people praying for you. Just show me your hand. Great. All of our hands are up, even for those of you who didn't put your hand up. Your hand was up, because you need people to pray for you as well. But we need it. We need to be praying For one another the Bible tells us in Acts 12 verse 5 Peter the Apostle was kept in prison but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church and then we know the story angels came and set him free why because people were praying we also know that prayer can be hindered and we're gonna close here in in a moment here prayer can be hindered the word hindered simply means delay or obstruction Did you know that prayers can be hindered or delayed or obstructed? Some ways that prayer can be hindered in our life is we are praying in a wrong motive. Guilty like me, James chapter 4 verse 3, you ask and you do not receive. Well, why? Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You ask wrongly. You see, because God looks past the lips. Again, he knows the heart. He knows our motives. I tell you, what a wonderful thing it is to be able to go into God's presence, whether at church or alone, with right motives. It's just like, a breath of fresh air to know that here I stand, Lord, and my motives are right. Amen? Amen. You ask. You don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. James 4.3 teaches us. We find, very practically, in First Peter chapter 3, verse 7, husbands, if you're treating your wife wrong, your prayers will be hindered. The Bible says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Lord, please help me. Help us, God. <laughs> in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered got to treat our wives good we got to love them like Jesus loves the church he laid his life down for his bride men husbands we got to lay our lives down for our wives it's not going to be perfect it's not going to be easy but we don't want our nothing in our lives as men as husbands as leaders of our home to have nothing to be hindering our prayers or else how much of it's in vain how can we how can we How can we pray to God, say, Lord, here I am, yet we're treating our wives harshly or our children or anybody? How can women go to God when they're treating their husbands harshly? How can we expect to receive answers from God in our prayers if there's these things that are right in his word that we're not listening to? Times of unbelief can allow prayers to be hindered. Hebrews 11.6, Without faith, it's impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Lord, here I am believing. So as we go about our weeks this week and we have times of prayer, starting with me, my prayer is, Lord, please, in the areas that you see unbelief in, God, please help me there. I don't want nothing to be hindered, Lord unrepentant and habitual sin listen we all fail we learned that a couple weeks ago we all fail but unrepentant sin that we're hanging on to that we know is sinful but we're not letting go of it we're not we're hanging on to it this can hinder answers to our prayer because the holy spirit will convict us when we're living in a in a, in a lifestyle of sin that we're not putting it, we're not putting it away And in the Old Testament, we find in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, this is God speaking about Israel, his people. And he says, Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered, only then to go on doing these abominations? That was God speaking to his people in Jeremiah. And then verse 13 and now, because you've done all these things, declares the Lord, and when I spoke to you persistently, you didn't listen. In other words, when I told you, no, you've got to get rid of this, this is grieving me, this is, this is sinful, you did not listen, and when I called you, you did not answer. And then God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah, who was one of the leaders of God's people in this time, and he tells Jeremiah instructions. God says to Jeremiah, regarding these people that we just read about in verse 16, as for you do not pray for these people or lift up a cry or prayer for them and do not intercede with me for I will not hear you. Our sin, that we are not getting right with God, will hinder his answers to our prayers in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Yes, we are under God's grace. Hallelujah. Yes, we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. But we can't hold on to things of this world this world is passing away, and the lusts of the flesh thereof. It talks about that in 1 John. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 through 15. We know this very familiar. If my people, if the very first word is the most important word in this whole passage, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, and I'll forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Amen. Now my eyes will be open, and my ears attended to their prayers offered in this place. Amen? But it's all hinged on that word if. As we close here, I thought it would be very appropriate in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 6, we find the account when the disciples come to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, teach us to pray. We need to know how, how do we do this? teach us to pray. And Jesus said this very familiar prayer that many people even in the world and unchurched people know. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's our Father. That's awesome. We can come to God as our Father. When I was a kid, my dad was my hero, and he still is to this day. But I know that I could go to him with anything as a young boy and be like dad here it is here's my struggle dad here and I would know I might get a whooping but I know that man my my father my father loves me he loves me he's not going to cast me out of the house because I sinned or made a mistake he's not going to take my bed and throw it on the street and say now what are you going to do boy take my supper from me why he's my father so we can pray to our father he's not just god he's not just the creator he's our father amen that's good news hallowed be your name holy is your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread lord you see my need man i gotta put food on my table for my family lord jesus says pray for it give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our sins, our debts, as we forgive our debtors. That's important too. Forgive people and you're forgiven. Amen? And don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. And everybody said, amen. Amen. That's how we pray. So there we are, the mystery of prayer. As you go about this day and go about this week, I pray that we learn some practical ways to apply prayer into our lives, starting with me, starting with me. There's a song I'm going to play here momentarily on my phone, but there's an old hymn written by Fanny Crosby. There's one of many famous hymns that have been written by Fanny Crosby. And of course, many of you know that when she was a young baby, just a few weeks old, that there was a a medical procedure on her eyes done wrong, apparently, and it blinded her. And she was world-renowned in her day in the late 1800s for her famous writings of poetry and many hymns of the church. It's, a, it's an amazing story. And so there's this old hymn called that she wrote called Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. And just this morning, like, if someone says, what's your go-to worship song? It's not going to be uh, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior just because that's not my era it's not like it's gonna probably be a planet shaker or a Chris Tomlin song or something like that just naturally but I read these words this morning and this is as if this is a prayer from the writer this this is a prayer from this person singing it and I'm gonna play this song shortly and the lyrics are, are are as follows I'm gonna read the lyrics trying to find a good version of this song it was hard there was a rap version that was kind of weird. There was like a whole bunch of old, fogey, weird stuff that was like, no. So I'm trying to find something that's pretty decent. And so this one I found, it's really good. But sometimes you'll find he does a lot of like, ah, like you'll see. But, but we're going to listen to it because it's going to bless you. It's an, it's an anointed song, okay? But here's the lyrics of this prayer. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. While other people are calling, all these other false gods and going all these other places, while, while on others thou art calling, don't pass me by. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Let me at thy throne of mercy find sweet relief. Kneeling there in deep contrition, help my unbelief. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, don't pass me by. Trusting only in thy merit would I seek thy face. Heal my wounded, broken spirit. Save me by thy grace. Amen. So we're going to listen to this. Make it your prayer as we sing. You don't have to sing, but as you listen this morning. Then we're going to close in prayer amen amen that was beautiful amen let's stand together as we close here amen lord jesus do not pass us by god how many of you this morning just need we're just going to stay right in our seats where you are but how many of you need an answer to prayer right now like you need god to answer you right now okay we're going to pray together father right now here we are lord here we are god here we are jesus and we're saying father as that beautiful anointed song said lord please don't pass us by, God. Would you please, God, come and stop right now before us, Lord, and hear our humble cry, our cry of need, our cry of need for you, Lord, for mercy, God, for grace, for strength, for provision, God, whatever it might be this morning, Lord. God, here we are. Here we are. Father, hear the, pr- the prayers of everybody's heart here this morning, God everybody's heart and would you stop by would you meet with them right now god and may you answer that prayer in jesus mighty name father we put our hope in you alone god we look to you while others call on other people god other gods other false idols lord other doctors and psychiatrists lord here we are calling upon you jesus don't pass us by please don't pass us by we need you lord we need you, Lord, and we believe, God. We believe that you answer prayer. And I believe, Lord, today, as we leave, as we go about our days, we go about our, our responsibilities on the job, in school, Father, within the, our spiritual uh, prayer times of intimacy in our in our prayer closets, God. Lord, may you make yourself known to us, Lord. I pray for new revelation for each one here this morning, God. As we read the Bible, as we read the scriptures, Lord, let it not be a dry word any longer. Let it be a season that we enter into of fruitfulness, God, of a river flowing with life and freedom, God, and answers to prayer in Jesus' name. Lord, we no longer want to sit stagnant, God. We want more of you, are hungry and lord your word says that those who are hungry and thirsty shall be filled god so lord i pray that as we go this week as we go this day please please stop by us and feed us lord feed us lord we need the bread of life we need the water of life we need refreshing from on high we need strength from on high we need new faith we need fresh power fresh anointing God we need provision Lord God we need finances God you know everything we need some of us might need jobs or employment God you are the God who provides all of our needs Lord we believe that God we believe that God so here we are Lord your sons and daughters. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.